welcome to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Well, folks, um, I have a couple guests with us today that I think are way different. We're not just going to do the norm. We don't like the norm, Corey. We like to just kind of jump outside the box because... What you're about to hear is the future of advertising. Oh, yeah. No, truthfully, uh, pretty cool stuff. And uh, speaking of cool stuff, Trev, how about the things that our good friends at Walt Webcasting are doing? Yeah. I mean, if our listeners aren't subscribing now, what, what are we doing here, folks? I don't know. Apparently, we're not very good salespeople. I don't know either. I don't know. Just It, it really, it's not that much money. Go on there. Click. Subscribe. Watch. Learn, listen, uh, lots of cool shows that are going to be coming up this fall that they're going to be participating in that you guys should definitely take note of. And uh, so make sure you're getting on that Walton webcasting. Uh, StockCenter.tv also creating cool content as well. So make sure that you yep. are uh, listening and watching and learning more about those two things. And Walton just does so much cool stuff for us. Um we may or may not have a huge announcement coming up in a few months that we're not allowed to talk about right now, but uh, that's about as far, much as I can give you. Yeah, we'll let that touch your brain for just a second because uh, we're a little excited, but we can't get too excited because uh, we got to work some kinks out, but little itty bitty kinks. And yep, touch, yeah, out here touching brains. That's right. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, something that also to touch on real quick is. With my position at LVS trying to get semen sold and all that, it is very awesome to have Walton being doing what they're doing. So I can send customers of uh, my customers and say, hey, go back and watch that because you can compare the boards we bought to the ones that are that are in that class. So that allows them to kind of say, oh, man, and that was, you know, two months ago. And I just watched that video and he even got better now. So I've used that as a selling tool. Sorry, Walton. But uh, when you get videos that look like that, um, yeah, you you kind of use it. So, uh, yes, go to waltonwebcasting.com, subscribe, watch your archives and see livestock like you've never seen it before. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming on the show is a pair of men that have done things that we could only wish we thought of because it is a million-dollar idea. Two guys that have had the opportunity to bring in their career knowledge into the show stock business. Well, one of those guys is somebody that you may know from the show cattle industry, a man that's about to have twin babies this week probably as you're listening to this, is in the hospital with twin babies. Can you imagine? A guy that has seen it all. He's shown some shorthorn milking steers. Yes, he has. But we don't milk steers. We like show cattle. Okay? (laughs) Big fuzzy ones. But we also like things at work. And another man that's on this show also likes things at work and puts things together in a way that are unfathomable. But we're going to learn about it today. Coming on the show is Mr. Zach Gray and Henry Ward.
Well, this is not the ordinary episode, folks. This is the newest way for you guys to get your herd or flock off the ground and up and running. We witnessed firsthand how awesome this platform is that our guests are going to explain to you what it is. Zach Gray and Henry Ward are on the microphone today on this episode. Guys, thanks for joining us. We are super excited to share with everybody how awesome and how new this is and kind of anxious for everybody to listen and explain what exactly it is that you do. So first and foremost, uh, introduce your guys' self and maybe what you do and how this whole thing come about called Modern Livestock. Sure. Well, I'll lead there a little bit. So my name's Zach Gray, and guys, I sincerely appreciate you having us on. And um, I've been involved in the livestock space, primarily in the show cattle arena for several years, you know, grew up you know, in that space and um, really took to it, probably more than the rest of my family. I decided to, you know, buy a small farm when I got out of college. I grew up on a really small farm to the point of there was no way we were going to run cows there. We had a few show steers and that was about it. And took that really a step further and got involved in the show cattle arena. Have been fortunate to have some compete on a state and even national level and um, that's something that I'm really excited and really passionate about. I've really bridged that to some other business ventures, one of which we'll talk about today is modern livestock. And maybe that's a good place for Henry and me to bring you in. So let me pass it over to you, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, guys. This is, um, this is really cool. This is Henry Ward here. Um, I grew up in a small town, Gypsum, Colorado, got into marketing at an early age, did just about everything. Um, you know, when it comes to marketing recently in the last four years, got into digital marketing and that's kind of where I met Zach. Um, you know, we formed a partnership with another business that he's got and he had an idea. He wanted to, you know, try marketing his, his, uh, show stock on Facebook. So we got after it and it worked for him. We decided that we wanted to take this um, to the next level and provide the service for other people in the livestock industry. So, yeah, this is why we wanted to get you guys on. First and foremost, you're great guys, and we've talked to you and worked with you before, so uh, that's always nice to chat with just cool guys. <laughs> Secondly, this may sound like a sales pitch, but the one of the main reasons Corey and I wanted to get you on is because I see this being the future of advertising. So uh, just start from ground zero and explain what it what is modern livestock? And if if I'm just a guy who has, a, say, a boar stud, for example, and we're used to going to the local CVS and printing off our flyers for the open house and then handing them out, and then two weeks later we get another boar that's not even on there, is this the avenue you you guys kind of seeing jumping in place, or this is this just a whole new deal? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to take it back to ground zero a little bit here. I think. Um, you know, other industries around the country have really started um, probably, you know, kicking this off a little bit earlier than the livestock industry. Um, we've seen, you know, print ads be less and less used across the country. And um, so digital is just kind of the where things seem to be going. Um, you know, one of the nice things about it is, I mean, yeah, the turnaround time is pretty quick. It's not a run down to your CVS, you know, it's not printing out any flyers. It's not going, um, going around handing those out. You know, it's kind of a one-stop shop. You put your order in, you provide the pictures and a little bit of background about your stock. And we send it out to as, as many people, um, 
as we possibly can, your industry and your area that are potential buyers. So when you say send it out, is this an email blast or is this uh, text messages or how do people see it? Yeah, so this is 100% on Facebook. Right now, okay. Facebook is you know the fastest growing platform. It actually surpassed Google um, pretty recently here. So it's just a great place to get in front of people. Um, so how this, the advertisement, you know, appears is going to be on somebody's Facebook timeline. So as they're scrolling through Facebook, looking at pictures of, um, you know, grandkids, dogs, um, you know, other livestock operations going on, they have the opportunity to see one of your ads, you know, with one of your stock on there. And that ad would be representing, um, you know, an auction that you have coming up. So from there, if they're interested in that, they're thinking about purchasing, they'll go ahead and click on that ad. And what that's going to do is it's going to take them directly to your auction site where your sales posted. And it'll give the opportunity for them to actually be reminded because that auction might not start for, you know, three, four days, but they're going to get real time reminders. Hey, you know, auction is live now. Uh, make sure you, you click this link to, to go ahead and get started. There you go. Um, I sounded, I wanted to, to kind of get those questions out there. I'm starting to learn more and more about this digital space. And Corey, uh, that's kind of what you do there uh, on top of many things there at Farm Journal. If you were at the Indiana State Fair uh, two weeks ago, or I guess it may be three weeks ago now, um, if you saw our ad on Facebook, that was not by mistake. Uh, that we were kind of trying it out ourselves before we... Uh, kind of jumped into it and shared with everybody and holy smokes the results we got back from that uh were kind of staggering yeah um i, I could tell you guys um and, and zach this may be news for you but i was going back and looking um at where we kind of started um as far as facebook followers and um you know engagement on our on our sites and and things of that nature and um it kind of helped that we were doing a little bit of promotion with um, our uh, 10% donation to Ronald McDonald house uh, with our, our uh, uh, merchandise sales. But um, I think we had about 2,300 Facebook followers on our site uh, before we started. And I will tell everybody to date, uh, Trevor, we are uh, tipping, tipping the scales at almost 4,000 now. Yes. And, and so that, I mean, those ads were uh, something that, you know, and our Facebook post engagement. I mean, obviously we've, we've had some really good content here over the last couple of weeks, but, you know, I would like to think our content's been pretty good for a long time now, but just the amount of people that are engaging with us, sending us messages, uh, they understand what's going on a little bit more than what previously uh, we thought. And so it's just been super eye opening to see uh, that in our, livestock industry and our show stock industry um you know we all like facebook we like advertising it's 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 a neat opportunity for people to be able to see what you have going on but at the same time if you aren't targeting it and getting your message in front of the people that are the right ones instead of just all your facebook friends uh you know people that like certain pages or follow certain uh you know boar studs or, or bull studs or whatever it is uh you know gives you the opportunity to really reach beyond what you thought you could. Yeah, I mean, and on our website side of things, our uh, unique visits per person went up 145%. Um, so wow. that's, it's really kind of increased a bunch 
orders went up 72%. I mean, obviously we had a little bit of a, a donation deal going there, but um, you know, I think a lot of this is brand new to people. And I, again, I don't want it to sound like a sales pitch. I want more so people to understand that this is the new way to get things done. And they do it uh, in a way where it just kind of falls into the customer's lap. And by lap, I mean, Facebook page. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's very kind of unique. I think, you know, magazine printing is, is always kind of there. Or that's the way it has been. Uh, but if we're waiting to take our calf into the ring or waiting back at the pins for, our, for the class to get called, we're probably flipping through Facebook. And Cora and I talked and said, you know what, let's give this deal a try because if we're at the Indiana State Fair, and I guarantee you people are just hanging around their pins or, or stalls waiting to get called, and they're probably flipping through Facebook. So with that being said, uh, on the lines of, of modern livestock here, do you kind of, is it a blanket like all across all parts of agriculture, or can you fine tune it down to like a city like we did at the Indiana State Fair, or, or how do you go about that, or is it up to the to the um, the advertiser to kind of say that? Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to speak on that a little bit. So the we use a series of filters to really, really, you know, dial it down to all right, who who's actually ready to buy. Um, so the first kind of filter that we do is, is we have a bunch of different interest categories, things like that, that lets us know that we're going to be, first of all, serving these ads to people who are at least interested or involved in the industry. Now, that group of people is going to be huge. You know, for instance, the ads that we ran for you guys, we got a total reach of 147,000 people. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, in industry thinking, well, there, there's not even 147,000 people near <laughs> me that, you know, are, are interested in this. Well, that's probably true, but we're starting to dial it in there. Um, you know, the next sort of filter is those guys are served an ad. And if they click on that ad, now we know that they're, you know, they're definitely interested. They're in the market. Otherwise, they're going to scroll past it. Um, you know, so for instance, we ran... Uh, a sale for Matt Lautner here um, not too long ago. We got 152,000 um, 152, total impressions on that ad. Out of that, our second filter was, hey, how many of those people watched the video? And 24,000 people out of that demographic actually watched the video of Matt's, you know, Matt's stock, Matt's, Matt's cattle. And then from that, our third filter is, okay, well, how many of those people are actually going to make it to um, Matt's auction site. And so 295 people out of that, um, that first amount actually moved from Facebook to Matt's auction site, you know, where they're actually able to, you know, bid or be reminded of that auction. And I think what's interesting about that, if I can jump in for a minute, is that that was done in what, Henry, three days, I think. That was, was, that was three days. About, yeah. about three days. And the same thing with you guys. And I was super excited. And Corey, maybe some of which is kind of your background. I think you really get it. And that's why we just so appreciate the opportunity to, to jump on here this morning with you guys and, and get this recorded in this podcast. Because I think that you understand it or you see it, you know, from a, a perspective of, you know, the ag economy or the, you know, the, the ag business arena. And we're trying to bring that to really the sector of the, of the livestock arena. And I think that why people are needing to hear this or potentially use this is obviously the results are, are staggering. 
you know, we saw that going into it. And maybe to kind of back that up a little bit, you know, so Henry and I uh, got to know each other from another business venture. Henry, you'd mentioned that. And I have a financial planner by trade. I own a financial planning firm. And some of what, you know, Henry has done for that particular business, along with some of his colleagues, is really get me in front of the right people that might be looking at, you know, retirement, for example, and maybe needing some assistance or help there. And when we were kind of thinking about some things last fall, I'll talk a little bit about my cattle business later on. But, you know, Lucas came to me and uh, he's my partner in the cattle business. And he said, you know, Zach, we we need to probably get rid of these, you know, last handful that we have around here. And, you know, they weren't probably, you know, the the, the ones that we brought in early on and they weren't probably the shining stars of what we sold last fall. And he said, I just don't know what to do. How do you want to get these things sold? And I said, well, we're probably just going to have to put together an online sale. Let's you know whip that together. And he said, yeah, I've already thought about that. But the problem is, is that the time's not really right. There's really not anyone else around us that's having a sale at this particular time. You know, Is there any way that you think we can get some buzz around this? And that's actually, you know, Henry, you might remember last fall, but when I reached out to you guys mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, that was pretty eye opening to see the amount of people that we could drive to that sales site within a few days. And the amount of clicks that we got was actually even higher than that. And it was near 700 or so. And we knew we were on to something at that point in time. It drove a lot of people to that particular sale. And from that point, I made sure that we asked those folks that came to that sale, we said, how did you even, you know, show up? How how did you, you know, get here? How did you find us? And there were some that obviously watched those online sales all the time, but Mm -hmm. there were a few that said, you know what, we were scrolling through Facebook and, um, you know, we noticed your ad, we clicked on it. And wouldn't you know, those folks ended up buying, you know, some of the cattle that we offered. We only had, I think, eight or nine head on that sale. And we sold roughly about a third of them based on folks that we didn't know, folks that weren't friends of ours on Facebook, uh, folks that obviously could have scrolled across the website, you know, with, you know, whichever online auction company you're going to use. And they could have just found us on the one that hosted our sale. But it was just kind of really interesting to me to know that, hey, they were reached by what we had done proactively and they ended up being buyers of ours. And I think that that's kind of one of those things of saying, you know, why should we use it? We can talk about that further. But I just think that as you've seen that, you know, type of progression to more and more people, you know, Trevor, I think, as you mentioned, kind of sitting there on their phones, killing time at the show, we're really able to time this at the right point. It's not some sort of stale print ad that you have to put together months before. It's something that we can hit them with right at the point of your sale and make sure to drive traffic at the right time. Yeah, the the thing is, is that the people that may not understand, you know, modern livestock is bringing a unique avenue to our industry, to the show stock industry that's been used for years now um, across all different sectors uh, of business. And so allowing people the opportunity to market uh, towards an audience that would be or could be interested in what they have to say, whether it's advertising for an online sale, whether it's you know just trying to get people in traffic to go look at your page uh, on Facebook or a link to their website. Uh, you know, Trevor and I linked it to our Spotify account. 
uh, when we when we did our advertising at the Indiana State Fair. And so what people, uh, you know, I want people to understand what we did. So we what we did was we we sent over um, just a, a couple ideas of what we wanted our ad to look like. Um, the Modern Livestock team put it together. And Within a matter of a couple of days, and it actually looked really no. We we, yeah. we expected high of them to just turn it around in a couple of days. Very impressed. Yeah. So so they did that for us, and then um, we decided that we wanted this ad to deploy on a Saturday morning and run through um, you know the amount of impressions we had. If people don't know, understand what an impression is, it's um, you know how many times do you see something. So if you're driving down the road and you see a billboard for uh you know uh so and so ford you know car lot whatever and then so that's one impression you drive down the road and you see another billboard for the same car lot that's another impression and so you may we had over or like uh like henry said close to 200,000 impressions on people in a, in a matter of 3 days and so that and then in turn they clicked on our uh, if they clicked that advertisement it linked them to go and listen to uh, the podcast. And so if it, if it's your situation, we get people, Zach, we get people all the time to ask us, um, you know, how do you market your livestock or how do you do things? This is a way to market your animals and your livestock and your business that's not been seen before in our, in our industry and, and being able to. Uh, so what we did there at the state fair is we, we generated a two mile radius around the fairgrounds. And so anybody that's in the fairgrounds with their cell phone um, is a viable option for us um, to send our advertising to via Facebook. And then when that happens, uh, you know, then that lives on. So if they follow our Facebook page or they follow any uh, livestock related Facebook pages, you know, we know that they like that page. That advertisement can then be sent to them as kind of a uh, retargeting method. And so being able to do stuff like that is killer. And you don't even have to do the tar, uh, the, uh, the radius or anything like that. There's so many different options to be able to utilize this kind of a platform. So I hope that helps explain it to our listeners a little bit more in depth with how you can actually apply it, uh, to a real world situation, because we did that. And as we talked earlier, we saw tremendous growth and, um, just really good results of, off of being on that platform. And I'll tell you guys, we didn't spend a whole lot of money to do it either. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. And, and Henry, maybe you can chime in with some of that too. But just as a quick note, I want folks to know that as we've been talking here, we really enjoy the fact that you guys have had success there. And I think secondly, folks need to know that I don't know much about the marketing landscape except for when I see results, I take notice, right? And there is seemingly less and less catalogs or magazines that are on the dashboard of the pickup truck that's rolling into the driveway mm -hmm. of my farm, right? When when the trucks pull up and they park there, I don't see that quite as much. And I've even reached out to several of my friends in the business. I talked to Tyler Weingartner here about a week or so ago, and Tyler simply said, you know, Zach, it's ironic that you say that because Last year, we printed substantially less of our catalogs for our you know, traditional auction type of sale that they have. And this year, we're talking about doing even less. You know, and he even kind of referenced uh, some other you know, really so, you know, uh, 
big names in the industry. You know, Gerald Buck was one of those, you know, that, that he mentioned and said, you know, he's just not even sending it out unless people request it. It's so expensive. He feels like it doesn't maybe push the envelope anymore as much as it once did. Now, don't get me wrong. There's still a place for print advertisements and there still is that really old school type buyer that enjoys having that catalog in their hand. But, you know, his comment was, is that Zach, I think that this is where things are going. And to your point, it can be very tailored, right? We did your advertisements at the Indiana State Fair. We thought it'd be a great place with a real core group of folks that that know you guys, that follow you guys, that obviously are there, you know, for the primary reason of showing livestock. That's the majority of the folks on the fairgrounds for, for a few of those days, at least. And when you look at that, I think it's really interesting to start to say that you can really start to to drive traffic that we can start, you know, as Henry mentioned, with this kind of agriculture type base, and we can really start to narrow that focus to the livestock enthusiast. And we can even take it a step further as to say, you know, is it a hog guy that we're after? Is it a cattle guy that we're after? Are we really trying to go to that entire, you know, industry? What are we trying to do here? And I think that when when I, I relate to it is to say, you know, I bought some shoes the other day. Uh, online. And uh, I went to the, the, you know, to one website, same shoes that I've always bought. I buy these shoes for work. And wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden, I start seeing a ton of advertisements for shoes, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like they're chasing me, right? You know, and I just found it interesting to when I fired up Facebook and scroll down through it, all of a sudden, couple posts and here's some shoes, a couple more posts, here's some more shoes, right? And I think it's just interesting that we can take that same advertising space and make sure to bring, you know, someone's livestock to the right people and probably most importantly, at the right time. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's what's so neat about it is that, you know, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's a breeding season, you know, and I've seen some of these guys that, you know, I'm not involved in the in the hog space, I'm in the cattle space, but I've seen some of these hog guys that, you know, have, have started to have some events that are trying to show off their boars. And, and, you know, Trevor, I think you'd mentioned, you know, getting some stuff printed, you know, and having it, you know, ready for the state fair run and getting that in front of the right people. What if we could do that, you know, with, without having to worry about all the print, either cost, the time, you know, the, the lag there, what if you pick up a boar last minute, what's the way that you're getting exactly. that word out? boy, we can drive that and get that in front of a lot of people. And Henry, I don't know if you have a few thoughts with that or not. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, I mean, that's definitely one thing we can, you know, be so reactive. Um, just because, I mean, like for you guys, three days we produced results, you know, we can, we can do that all day. Um, you know, one thing, you know, for me being new to the livestock industry, um, I noticed right off the bat, you know, if I were to buy a print ad, I'm in that, I'm in that catalog next to, you know, potentially hundreds of other people, you know, selling a similar, similar product. Um, mm-hmm. Facebook is hundred percent different. You know, if, if, um, if you promote your livestock through Facebook, you're not going to be surrounded by a ton of other ads of other people selling, you know, something similar. You're going to be standing out, you know, you're, you're right there. You're going to be the only ad, um, which is a huge value add, at least um, in my opinion. The second thing that I don't think that we've talked about yet is um, we actually, we provide a guarantee for our results. Um, so depending on, you know, how much traffic you want, what you want to see in results, 
um, we back it up with a money back guarantee. So if we don't produce that um, for the buyer, we give their money back. And we're so confident in, in the way mm. that this has been working. Um, I don't think that that's something that you see, you know, in other forms of advertising, at least in this industry. So I want to take a, a small avenue here because um, I am not proficient and trained in the marketing, let alone online marketing space, but I am absolutely fascinated by it. So I'll start by directing this um, to, to you, Henry. What does a successful ad look like? You hear all the time that, you know, you want to stand out and you want to do this and you want to do that. Certain colors trigger the brain to do this and it can get very kind of scientific and crazy. But what in your in your experiences there with the advertising and marketing side of things, what have you seen are the most successful ads? What do those look like? Are they sharp and clean? Are they you know, simple? Are they a little bit more pictures? Because what you said about the magazine uh, is kind of interesting because if you flip through a magazine, it is literally champion this, champion that, sale here, sale here, every single page almost, where like you said, we can stand out a little bit better on Facebook and social media posts. So what does a good um, ad look like if, if a guy or a girl was wanting to get their business off the ground how do they develop an ad that is attractive to the audience? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. So when we get started with somebody who's interested in advertising for a sale, we're going to ask for a little bit of background information, right? You know, some of the selling points of the product that they're um, putting up for auction, along with some good photos. So whatever you are used to, you know, doing for photos that has worked for your, your print ads, it's going to work just fine on Facebook. Um, at the end of the day, you know, just like with print media, we're, we're dealing in human decision here. So instead of just having, you know, uh, one ad that we create, we test everything. We're constantly optimizing. So with your photos and your, you know, the, the, the copy that you share with us, we could be creating up to five, six, seven, eight different ads for you. Um, that are all very similar with some slight tweaks in there. And what we do after we go live is we're watching how those ads are performing. You know, if we've got one winner um, that's doing really well, outpacing the others, we're going to take the other budget that, you know, had been used for ads that aren't providing the same results for us. And we're going to push that money towards the ad that's doing really well because each time we run uh, marketing, it's going to be different across the country, you know, what that population wants to see, what they want to hear, what they want to read. Um, so, you know, in this digital marketing space, we have to be um, very flexible and, you know, very ready to adapt to that type of thing. That's the beauty of it, uh, is just the the flexibility of it and, and the quick timing and like, hey, if, if you if you see something working, like, boy, this, this ad is working better than this ad, then you can optimize it and take one away and, and use the one that's going to work the best. Uh, you can't do that with anything else. Um, and the digital world is something that we've talked about and it's growing. And so, uh, Trevor, I think along those lines, uh, we could probably jump into a little social smash. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So, uh, you both have listened to the podcast before. Our listeners know what's coming up here, and so in our in our social smash segment here, uh, we like to talk about pet peeves. 
uh, on social media. And what a better platform <laughs> uh, than Modern Livestock and, and you guys to, to maybe help bring some of that kind of stuff to light. So, uh, Henry, we'll start with you. Tell us your biggest pet peeve on social media and then, Zach, you can chime in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one thing that I've that I've heard a lot you, you guys talking about on previous podcasts is just, you know, keeping the industry positive. Everybody works their tails off, you know, at this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's increasingly important, especially on, on digital, to keep things positive. I know that um, you guys mentioned, you know, there's competition between families and this and that. And you always want to uplift everybody, even if they beat you. Um, and, it, you know, I'd like to take that um, same approach with digital. My pet peeve is, you know, when, when somebody uh, sees a, a post on Facebook, whether it's, a you know, an ad for cattle or, you know, a picture of somebody's dog and somebody's just waiting, you know, comes up with something funny to say and blasts it out there. And it's, it's almost like, you know, graffiti on something that somebody's worked really hard, uh, <laughs> you know, to come up with. Um, so that would have to be my pet peeve. You know, I just like to see you know, everybody being positive, lifting each other up because we're all, you know, kind of in this together, working towards the same goal. You betcha. And I would probably parlay that a little bit, but I would take it a step further in the fact of really kind of how these ads or, uh, this business has probably changed my mindset a little bit. So my pet peeve is, just seeing that same old type of post, right? And I think that Trevor or Corey, I don't remember exactly which one of you guys mentioned this just a minute ago, but it's the typical same old stuff, right? I mean, yeah. I just got some of the the state farm or the state farm, the state fair publications. From Jake. Um, <laughs> from Jake at State Farm. <laughs> yeah, with the khakis. It was pretty sweet. And uh, he delivered them to my house. Um, oh, man. Yeah, ex- exactly right. So, um, but, you know, when I look at those, first off, they're daunting in size, right? Yeah. Second off, when you open them up, it is the same ad for 500 pages, right? Mm. It's either, or it seems to be. It just is like, hey, here's our winners, or, you know, here's a few baby calf pictures or whatever that case might be. And I understand the relevance of that. Don't get me wrong. But what does get me frustrated on the social side of things, it's the typical, uh, you know, kind of woman crush type of post right on Wednesdays. Right. And it's a couple heifers that are for sale or the hmm. come check out our open house. And it's the same type of, of ad that keeps coming up and up again. And I think that why we are unique here is the fact that we can change that a bit. It's not just your Facebook friends or followers that are seeing this. We're taking this to a massive demographic and we're taking this really to a lot of folks that you might not know in the livestock industry. Let's face it. If they know Trevor or Corey, you you probably have already touched them some way anyway, or you might you know, even converse with them quite consistently. You might not know folks in different parts of the country, for example, all that well, and getting your ad in front of that person instead of the typical, check this one out, check this one out. Here's a sneak peek, you know, here, you know, come see our our open house because here's what we've got. Being able to time that and bring it in a, a fresh way to that group, but also to many other folks out there that, that you don't know, 
that might be interested in what you have to offer when it comes to livestock, I think is what makes us really unique. And that's probably what comes back to my, my pet peeve on social media. Yeah, for sure. And, and I don't want to sound negative about magazines, I guess, uh, kind of listening to myself there before I made magazines sound old school and not worth it anymore. That's, that's not true at all. Uh, cause I actually enjoy looking through some of those stories and interviews that they're doing in, in certain magazines and, but as far as the ad space goes, you know, my sister's just getting started in her career with, uh, uh, you know, uh, graphic design and all that. And we're kind of learning together. You know, she's obviously more proficient than I am. But I, re- I remember once at the Ohio State Fair, I just kind of took a picture of all the banners hanging and I just sent it to her because she was wanting to do some ads for me back before we even started the podcast with my little show pick business and all that. But the point was, I said, which banner sticks out in your like? take two seconds, which banner pops out at you? And she mentioned like two. And those were the two that I saw also. Point being, you know, I think as an advertiser and as a marketer, obviously you guys know this, but just kind of talking to the audience here is how do you make it stand out in a positive light without getting those ungodly, big, obnoxious, but yet clean and simple and getting the point across. You know, I think sometimes we get so tied up in, you know, listing as many champions as we can with some of these, uh, you know, if you have a herd sire, of course you want to list them all. But sometimes the point driven across is what what you've done as a whole instead of listing every single thing you've done. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot there's a lot of different ways uh, you could go as far as the advertising goes. Um but, you know, being the most proficient and clean and precise can go a long way. I'll equate it to uh, I'll equate it to basketball and sports. So everybody knows that Bill Russell has the most championship rings in NBA history. But when everybody asks you uh, who, who's the best basketball player of all time, do they say, say Bill Russell or do they say Michael Jordan? Right. So – be be a Michael Jordan. No, they say LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. Got a whole other debate going here now. Yeah, man, we could really, we could really uh, go off on that. But but you see what I'm saying is, boy, yeah, we uh, we sure have had a lot of winners. But it's it's who's who's the different one? Who's the who's the guy that's going to go out there and do something that to change an industry um, and what they're trying to do? And you may be that person out there doing it, and you may have won a lot of shows, but. Maybe nobody thinks about you when, when you think, when you, uh, you know, when they're thinking about, oh yeah, who's the best uh, show pig breeder in the industry. And, and so it may be somebody they see more of rather than somebody that's been doing it on the sidelines uh, for years. So yeah, let's be a little bit different in how we do stuff, especially on social media. Um, you know, and what's kind of funny too is. The quirky, like, all right, Corey and I, if you're you're listening, you understand we're we're goofballs, and that's probably a little hey, bit speak, of the reason why you yourself. can tolerate us. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, you look goofy. I, can, I act <laughs> fair, goofy, so it all enough. works. All right. Uh, but some of those posts that are quirky, different than anything else out there, can probably get more attention than just the sale this Sunday at 5 o'clock, you know, um, although you want to be simple and precise and to the point. But have fun with it. I mean, I, I'm just just learning in this thing. But man, on our end, we've seen a lot of impressions on just the ones we post. Um, obviously, without modern livestock, but boy, when we when we use modern livestock, it took it to a whole nother level. So you know, 
I think you can still have fun with your advertising and not be, um, you know, just the, the average, you know, and stand out and be funny and be positive and uh, kind of goes right back to the whole social smash you guys just presented to us. One final note on that that I would chime in with was the fact that we decided to go and do a real quick video, right? Just kind of a camera roll almost of some of the the videos that Matt Lautner had put together for his uh, Friday night at the fair sale that, that just wrapped up here about a week ago. And it's unique. It's different, right? Most people in the livestock industry, or if, if I'm going to speak for myself at least, wouldn't even really maybe know how to go about putting that ad together, let alone getting it in front of the right people. And obviously, we start with this massive funnel where we did get 150,000 you know, impressions, which is a massive number. But we had almost 25,000 of those actually watch the video, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we got to, at a minimum, at a core minimum, 25,000 people that were really interested in watching that video and paying attention to that ad. And that's where, you know, I'll kind of reference back to to Henry, kind of what, what he said when it came to, you know, taking that ad and being efficient with it and what's working the best and being able to, to really optimize that we are watching the performance of those. And we're trying to, to scale that Every day that we're running those ads, we're trying to up our game and to up the results and to have, you know, 25,000 people, you know, or almost that, you know, watch that video. It was really interesting, you know, to kind of hear some of that, um, you know, when it's all eye opening to me and to kind of see that type of response. And even, you know, to get some feedback, you know, Matt sent me a text message and I asked him if I could share this and and he did say so that that it would be fine is that you know his sale gross in 2018 for the same sale was $44,000 and in 2019 that sale gross was $78,000 wow now you know are we responsible for that probably not or not at least all of it it could have obviously been the quality of the cattle he does a great job advertising you know Matt has been a leader in the social media space for years when it comes to the cattle side but I just would say, or at least hope that we had some hand in at least getting that out in front of some people and, you know, hopefully at least some minor component in him raising his average, you know, really, you know, by over $34,000, you know? And so it's just, I, I guess I would end with that. And I think the only other thing last to, to say about it is we're taking a real gutsy move here, but Henry, you mentioned it, man. We're we're doing a money back guarantee to what we do. So if we don't hit the impressions, if we don't get back in front of those people and remind them of your sale, if you decide to take, you know, the 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 middle or upper tier of what we offer, um, there's no one else, you know, from a business owner perspective, and, and maybe we'll get into some of the other business stuff that I do real quickly, but it's one of those things that I'm always moved by someone that wants to put their money where their mouth is we're putting our money where our mouth is, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to hear that if we don't get you that, it's on us. It's our right. mistake. You're getting all of that money back. And I think that that's unique. You don't hear that from a lot of people in any industry, let alone the livestock industry. Right. Right. And and before we do, one thing we definitely want to get into is your cattle background, especially uh, balancing that with your financial background also. But before we jump into that avenue, uh, Henry and Zach both 
if if I'm a guy that's sold and I'm listening, um, he or she wants to to use your deal. Where do we find you? What's the first steps to take to get their ad in front of everybody? Yeah, definitely. The first thing you want to do is just go to modernlivestock.com. From there, you can read a little bit more about it. Um, you know, if you need some more information. But if you're ready to go, you can navigate over to the products tab, and that'll give you the three different products or sizes at least that we have. And once you click on that, it's going to take you through, you know, from step A to you know step Z in the process. Um, you can also look forward to, you know, a phone call from myself, um, you know, kind of making sure that we're on track. We got all the things that we need um, because it's not something that you just buy and, and forget about. We're really here for you and want to make sure that you feel comfortable and you're getting um, real time feedback from us and making sure that everything is, you know, on track and, and going well for you. You betcha. Cool. Well, if you guys yeah. can't tell, um, it's trying to have a, a little bit of a tornado situation outside my house. Uh, rain, oh. rain is coming down. Trees are swaying, but we're okay. The internet's <laughs> at least your at least your globe above your head didn't explode on you. Right, right. No, we are. <laughs> we're we're going to be good. Internet's still alive. So. <laughs> Just uh, for right. our listeners, if they're hearing any of that in the background, that's that's. Okay. Uh, I I think it's all right. I can't hear it, so hopefully, yeah. Well, that's good. We're good, but that's good. But Zach and Henry, uh, that's kind of uh, all I got as far as the modern livestock thing goes. I think it's incredible. We've uh, experienced it firsthand. I think it's new and improved, and it is the future of advertising. So, uh, Zach, we'll get into more of uh, your your operation there as far as your herd goes. You touched on it a little bit, and you said this is how you kind of find you or excuse me, you found modern livestock. Is that right? You uh, you had a couple cows and and wanted to, to get after it. So just explain your operation there and maybe, uh, you know, how you kind of run things your way. Yeah, definitely will. So transition just a little bit. So uh, I got involved showing, you know, as a part of 4-H and throughout college, I actually played college football and I didn't have probably as much time to devote to it as what I'd really like to. Oh, hey, and, we, um, we, talked, we talked football with Callis. What position did you play? I was defensive end actually at the University Ooh, of me Illinois. Too. There you go. Okay. Well, not at the university level, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, mine kind of came crashing down at the end, so I had three back surgeries. Oh, um, my my last year, right? And um, so I found myself, um, you know, kind of down and out. I had those surgeries right at the beginning part of the summer, and um, that left me just enough time to. Um, figure out, you know, kind of how I was going to spend my, my senior year of college because I was told, Hey, you're not going to play football ever again. And so I thought, well, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but, uh, if you're like me, you need to, you know, you need to fill your time, you know, and, and you got to stay busy. And basically my other passion is show cattle. So, um, I went out, bought a few calves, traded some, my senior year of college. And, um, that kind of spawned into, uh, gray show cattle, which has now done some transitions as well. So right out of college, I sold some cattle, uh, some with a good friend of mine, Wes Keller, and, and we're still great friends to this day. And that kind of, you know, grew and, and he, he graduated college, started his own vet practice. And so we kind of just, you know, parted, uh, ways as far as selling together, but both built our own, uh, you know, own businesses, if you'd like to say that. And um, had a, a good friend of mine, Kurt Meyer, that worked uh, with me, you know, for some years. And he went back to, to kind of run some stuff out at Hartman's again. And 
that is now transitioned to Lucas Johnson, you know, being there really kind of the one with the reins and, and running the ship, if you will. And so we're actually transitioning what was Gray Show Cattle to Johnson and Gray Cattle Company. Uh, but the point of this, I guess, is to say that we're, uh, you know, we're really involved. We're really passionate about the livestock industry, about the show cattle industry. And it is ironically, though, how I came into modern livestock, because my day today is a wealth management practice where we focus on helping retirees or those about ready to retire. And um, that's really kind of what led me down this path. You know, Henry and his team basically said, hey, we'll, we'll guarantee you that we get in front of you know, so many people or we get to, you know, have them, you know, kind of hear you out or hear your guys' story and and see if there's a way that you can help them with retirement. And I thought, if you're going to guarantee it, I'm in, right? Because yeah. there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's so many people out there that promise you stuff and then they don't deliver, right? And right. so that's what intrigued me. Now, he didn't guarantee any of those first couple sales that we did, but I basically came to them and said, hey, guys, I need to get some eyeballs on this. And as I asked them, I said, you know, I just don't know much about this. And so I don't mind to sound silly. And that's why I really appreciate Henry being on with us some today, you know, at least at the start, because he knows that space. I'm just kind of a, you know, I'm just a, the dumb cowboy, right? So <laughs> um, I look at that, you know, to say, obviously, we're bringing a lot of new school and a lot of technology in what they have really honed for years to the livestock arena. And so as we did that sale last fall, as we did an embryo and genetics sale this spring, and we even did a spring sale um, for a couple calves that we raised primarily just to prove concept. Once we saw those consistent results, you know, basically uh, Jonathan, which is uh, one that kind of heads up Henry's team out in Colorado, along with Henry and Peter and Margo, uh, they joined Lucas and I and we formed Modern Livestock because I thought, you know what, I, I've got enough business background that I can maybe bring some of that knowledge. Obviously, Lucas is really intertwined with me when it comes to the livestock you know, side of things. But those guys are really able to bring their expertise to the digital side. So that's kind of how it all came together. But it all started with a small show cattle farm in Danforth, Illinois. So. There you go. So what are some of the breeds that you capitalize on there and how many head of cows do you run? All in now, we're almost about 80 head. Um, okay. We have a few neighbor guys that we've recently kind of bought into or the majority of their herds, uh, one of which was a, a good client of ours for some time. They you know, bought show heifers from us for some time and the kids have just gotten older and, and, and his business is kind of you know, taking him in a different direction. Another one is a great friend of ours. His name's Richard Yates. And yeah, he's just uh, at that point where he wants to slow down a little bit. And uh, and he's bought some cows with us for some time. But, you know, we've got all, uh, all colors, you know, uh, all sizes, all shapes, you know, it's a pretty broad, diverse group. I will say that, you know, Lucas stems from more of more of a scimitol background. I probably stem from more of a, of a show steer background. So I'm yeah. wanting to breed them all crazy and clubby, you know, and he's probably bringing me back to earth and, and getting a little bit more maternal. <laughs> right back out. to reality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's interesting because uh, there's some people that I think would, uh, would like that a little bit more uh, breeding, breeding club calf genetics to more, uh, I guess purebred seed stock genetics, and then kind of, kind of playing their their hand that way. I don't know, I don't know. I've never bred cattle before. I don't know uh, 
I, I would like to think that probably is a good way to do it, but there's other people I know that just stack those things up, uh, club calf on club calf and, and, uh, have had success with it too. So I guess it all depends on how much money you're willing to spend on C-sections. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The more, uh, yeah, I like to, you know, we've probably moved away from what I like to consider be the, the zoo bread type, you yeah, know, right. which is probably the, you know, the, the carrier upon carrier, which I was more accustomed to, but, in a, we've actually, my wife and I and, and our two daughters, and we're actually expecting twins here, probably by the time this airs, um, w- we moved off the farm. And um, so now that I don't have to be the one that's cutting them out, of course, that's going to be my vote. But uh, <laughs> Lucas is probably more more the brains there these days, and he does a great job. So. You betcha. Now, we had a question on our outline, and uh I'm kind of curious to know about uh, you. You said you invested in some other herds there. So uh, are those some of the herd sires you invested in some of those genetics and and what kind of ownerships uh, did you did you partake in some of those? We do own a part of a few sires um, talking a little bit more probably along just the you know, the, the cow line as far as the neighbors and, um, you know, the sires that we've gotten involved with, we've gotten involved with for different reasons. Uh, we did have one that we promoted and took to Denver here a few years back and actually bought, uh, bought that one as a baby calf, you know, just kind of one of those that it hit you as being very unique and, uh, you know, being different. Uh, I've also, you know, bought some with bigger conglomerates of folks. So we own a part of a bull called wizard that's, uh, Griswold raised, and we own a part with uh, with Geyer, as well as another gentleman, mm. uh, you know, which would be Johnson Cattle Company, also here in Illinois. So, um, you know, we we've gotten involved with those for different reasons, uh, but as far as the more local partnerships, it has kind of been more where we've either sold them some of their seed stock, or we've bought some donors. You know, as mentioned with Richard Yates, a local gentleman, and you know, so I think that you know those partnerships have come on for for different reasons, but nonetheless, it have all been fruitful. That's cool. Um, so, I guess let's dive into a little bit about uh, uh, some of those partnerships because I feel like there's some people out there that maybe. Uh, uh, don't understand how those partnerships work or, you know, obviously there's different ways to do things, but, you know, I, I find it interesting because there's a lot of people out there that'll be, um, you know, very invested in, in what they do by themselves, but there's also a lot of people out there that maybe they don't quite have the finances or, or anything like that to go and really go after the ones that they want. So they, they bring some partners on board and, um, which allows them that opportunity. So, uh, I guess in some of those partnerships you have, um, you know, and they are common, um, but uh, what are you looking for, you know, in somebody that you're trying to buy livestock with? And, and obviously you, your operation pretty much runs on a partnership. So um, how do you guys kind of navigate some of that stuff and, and what are you doing to, to uh, make sure that those things stay, you know, business is business, but you also don't ruin any friendships over it as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a loaded question, but a great one. And the first thing that I would say is, uh, well, there's two thoughts. One of which is really the trust. You have to have that in a partner, right? It just goes without saying that you've got to have some level of of trust there with that individual. So I think they need to obviously have you know a high degree of integrity. You have to make sure that you're expectations are right for each other as well, though, when it comes to effort, right? So I would say that 
when I'm growing my team, you know, in my wealth management practice, you know, I always let the team know and I let folks know if I'm interviewing them that I would rather have someone that will work hard, you know, than than have the book smarts any day of the week. And maybe that's some of where I came from. I'd like to consider myself to be a, you know, a smart individual, but I'm not the brightest. I didn't go to, you know, Harvard or any Ivy League school. I, you know, would like to think that I'm I'm well-rounded and with what I'm involved with, but I would say it's it's my drive or, or kind of work ethic that I hope that has got me to where I'm at and hopefully propels me further. And I would say that you have to look at that when you think about your particular partner. Are they going to put in the effort? Are they going to put in the time? Are they going to work hard? And then obviously you have to have that level of trust with that particular person. But I think as you look at those two things, the only other thing that would kind of be the outlier to that is, is just making sure the expectation is right. Because I've noticed in the past where maybe my expectation doesn't align with that of another partner. And then all of a sudden, you know, there can be some ripples there. I'm real thankful that I haven't really had that come up much in really any, you know, endeavor that I've been a part of, whether that be, you know, the day to day, you know, uh, you know, wealth management position or whether that be anything that I've done in the livestock arena you know, whether that be the gray show cattle and now Johnson and gray, or whether that be champion show stock or whether that be modern livestock, I've been able to do a lot of these things just because we get it out on the table. You know, for example, you know, with Henry on with us earlier, Henry's goal is he's going to run, you know, the, the ins and outs. He's, he knows all into the weeds about digital marketing. I don't know that, but I know the livestock space. And so I can maybe help write copy or reach out to folks in the livestock arena and, and hopefully that can be a good synergy going forward. Right. Right. So, okay. I want to segue just a little bit, and this is something that's not on our outline, so I hope it doesn't blindside you too much. But, um, you know, when you talk about wealth management and what you do for your own career, uh, what advice could you give to some people out there that are maybe like, oh, man, if I just like had an extra $20,000, I could do this. Or, or if I just <laughs> put that extra bid in on this on this bull or boar or, you know, piece of breeding stock, man, I could really go to the next level. But, uh, you know, what's your advice maybe to some people that are out there struggling? Because this deal is not cheap to do. Uh, and if you're going to do it, some of those more expensive livestock are usually the better ones. Um, although you can find some gems every once in a while. But what's what's your advice from a wealth management perspective to some of those people out there that are maybe a little frustrated with things? Well, yet another loaded question, but I would say... <laughs> The foundation of that is, is you do have to work within your means, right? I mean, I would love to do a lot of things in the livestock space. I would like to do a lot of things personally, and I'd like to do a lot of things with other businesses that I own or operate that cost too much. And so I just can't do that, right? I mean, I would love to have a second home on the beach somewhere and someone, you know, to, to run the operation. And I could probably do all that if I had enough cash flow, but I just don't right now. Maybe someday but not today. And I just would really urge folks and I'm selling them, right? I mean, I'm, I'm having a, a sale here right at the first part of September. I would love to have people come in and bid and buy, but I just would tell folks that, you know, if, if, if you are getting in that position where you're feeling uneasy about it, or it's not starting to, to make sense, or especially if there's a chance that you might not be able to, to pay the bill, right? don't put your 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 livelihood your family you know your personal situation in in jeopardy you know just to you know just for a hobby is what i would say 
Yeah. I, I love this hobby as much as you guys, you know, love it. And, and I know you guys had a ton of awesome guests on that love it and are very passionate about it, but just don't get to a point where you lose leverage and you lose, you know, peace of mind. Anytime you can't sleep at night, it's just not a good, it's just not a good place to be. Mm. Love it. Corey, quite the loaded question, but that was a, that was a darn good one. Uh, because I think, uh, a lot of times we lead with our heart, not our head. Uh, at least I know I do. Um, boy, if, if I could, there would be too many females rolling around the place. And I live just outside of town. And so I'd probably get kicked out of this whole town. <laughs> so, oh, man. But that's that's good uh, wisdom from a guy who who crunches numbers and, and also uh, the financial side. So um, very good advice. And I think it's a blessing in disguise that I don't have a barn on my facility because I know I'd feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm there too. I mean, Trevor and I talk Zach almost daily about like, man, I I just I've got I I know what I want to do, I just can't afford to do it right now. And I tell you, it's the most frustrating thing uh, ever. But <laughs> I like the fact that you brought up the point of of being able to not pay your bill if you do make that decision, uh, because yeah. I think that's that's something. Um, <laughs> People talk about it for sure, but maybe something we haven't really talked about on here. And, and again, we don't want to get super negative on this show, but man, we want to bring some of the some of the topics to to light if we can. And that's something I think people gotta get a better hold on. Like, hey, if you if you genuinely don't think you can pay the bill on that one, just keep your hand down, uh, keep your hand off the mouse, don't click. Yeah, uh, just yeah, you know, it is it's going to be what it's going to be, and. and if you can't afford to do it, just don't, just don't do it. That's right. So, so Corey, what do you think we slide right on into topics from a hat? I like that idea. I like that idea. And of course, topics from a hat is brought to you by Fierce Threads. The only hat that we use to pull our topics from comes from Fierce Threads. All of our merchandise from Fierce Threads. Put your business at the forefront with their number one quality screen printing and embroidery with Fierce Threads. Go to fierce-threads.com to order your apparel today. So our buddy Cade on Instagram submits a topic, and he wants to know what breeding stock has been the most influential in changing of a breed or species. And you can kind of go, Zach, whichever way you want to go with this. Um, Kind of a a tough question that we may bring up again for for other guests. So uh, what's your take on, on Cade's submission? Well, I think you're right. You can go a lot of different ways with answering that. What comes to mind for me is, is that I grew up showing steers and some of which not all that great, uh, by the way, but um, (laughs) there's a few things that come to mind for me. First off, one of the first uh, show steers that my brother ever got was a little bit old school for its time, but it was a Sugar Ray. And uh, you guys probably might not remember that all that well. Seen a picture. Um, I've seen a picture. Yeah, seen a picture. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to kind of look back at some of those pictures. So very big, a lot of grow, and um, honestly, a, a lot of anger. Right, those things were mean, and uh, <laughs> probably because they were hungry. <laughs> yeah, very well could have been part of the problem. Um, but you know, high key influence type cattle. Um, there was actually a, a family that lived across the section from where my family lived that showed some very competitive. Uh, key cattle back in those times, the the early 90s. And um, that's one thing that I think that when we look at where things have come from there, 
and, you know, coming all the way to something a little bit more modern in time. You know, I remember I was kind of finishing my show career when Heat Wave came on the scene. I actually had bought uh, some steers from Joe Gensini that year, and Joe actually owned that bull, uh, brought him to Denver. And I, and I think this, this story is public, but uh, he brought him to Denver and displayed him and uh, I think traded like a pickup truck for him. Uh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe, we, if you're listening, we got to uh, get Joe on here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You got to get him on. That's uh he'd probably be right, right, right next to Ki- Kiwani area. Oh yeah. He's so, not too uh, far from me. Yep. It's not that far, but anyway, uh, so Joe, if you're listening, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of that story, but maybe you can share it with the guys, but it's one of those things to, to see that even, even monopoly. So Wes Keller and I, I mentioned Wes, uh, we went to Wisconsin, looked at a pasture sale. Uh, they sold, uh, Monopoly in that sale. We were bidding on him to cut him uh, for a show steer. Um, <laughs> glad that we did not. We got outbid. Uh, there was a lot of others that were interested, and then obviously uh, he went on to be kind of a breed changer. And you know, as, as you kind of look at, you know, even maybe kind of transpiring back to a little bit more muscle now with you know, you know, kind of where we're at in the industry. But I just think it's kind of fun to think about kind of where we've been from a 30,000 foot view. So it's maybe not the easiest answer. It's maybe not the best answer, but I just think it's kind of fun to think back to some of those, those bulls from where we were. I grew up first calf I ever showed was a milking shorthorn steer. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We showed them in the beef class. It was, right. pretty, it was, it was Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I started at the top, you know, and, uh, not really, uh, was actually, you know, dead last when I went to uh, our beef expo a few years later, that's when we thought we'd actually stepped up our game. And I know you guys had Brad hook on here just a, a few weeks back and he, uh, you know, he had some, some bulls like sin city, for example, that, you know, to think about what I had showed, to kind of where the the shorthorn industry went to with a lot of carriers and so on and so forth. And then, you know, to even see that it might not even be where it's at uh, years ago, at least from a show steer perspective, <laughs> I think it's just interesting to kind of track the history. So I don't know, Kate, if that answers your question at all, but I find that very intriguing to kind of think back from where we've been as far as trends and where we're going. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to pull some of those, uh, um, like multi-speed, that could be very deep discussion amongst all species because I'm sitting here thinking in the in my hog brain, like there's several that I would say. So, um, and obviously, I mean, I don't think you could go having this conversation without Monopoly. So Zach, I think uh, that's a very safe sire to use as far as changing the breed and well, at least being very influential. So, um, and Corey, I'm sure you, you know, we, we talked to Titus there with uh, Pure Enough, and I think he's been pretty influential in, in some of those other bucks out there too. So, yeah. man, this could be, this could be a multi episode kind of deal. Well, and there's, there's a lot of cussing and discussing that could go along with this too. And, and that's what makes it fun. But, uh, I am really glad, Zach, that you did not say Heat Seeker and just scratched Brad Hook's back a little bit more because uh, I feel like we did <laughs> that on our own. <laughs> I give him a plug for Sin City. He's actually coming to do videos for us here, I think, later this week. So Uh, that's uh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. So, hey, you got twins coming, right? We talked about that earlier a little bit. Uh, Do you you know boys, girls, one of each? Just one of each, actually. Yeah. So I've got a three year old girl at home, Ro, and then I've got a one year old daughter, Winston. And uh, we're going to have two more to the mix. So, boy and girl, we'll have four under four. So we're. 
Wow. Yeah, we're man. setting some records over here in, in Central <laughs> Illinois. That's awesome. Uh, we, uh, My wife and I just went and bought uh, what some may consider a soccer mom car. Um, but the thing is like driving a spaceship and, and our uh, insurance lady gave us a hard time. She said, uh, she said, Oh, family car, huh? I'll be waiting for the announcements. Texted a little winky face to my wife and my wife, uh, <laughs> sent her a video back of her chugging a beer in her face. So <laughs> <laughs> this is how not yeah. I am right now. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, yeah, we, we just did the same thing. We upgraded yeah. to, uh, uh, sadly, we we had a we bought a different vehicle, which was a a, a 2019 vehicle late last fall. Thought it's going to be plenty big, even if we have another kid. And uh, all of this is a surprise. We get you know obviously two kids, so we traded a a brand new vehicle for another brand new boat, so that we can haul those kids around. So yeah, get probably got you a judging van maybe to fit them all in with with their luggage. Yeah, we were thinking about it. We were thinking about like the <laughs> mini school bus. I mean, it's definitely a front runner, but uh, we decided to 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 go with a large SUV, but uh, yeah, no no chugging of beers at least for my wife. Maybe well, for yeah. me to calm yeah. the anxiety, right? But right. um, you know, we'll see how that plays out here in a week or so. <laughs> Do you have twins in your family? I mean, isn't that really how that kind of works or is this like first set of twins ever? It would be on her side, and oh, yes, uh, so so they do have um, her her mother would would have had a twin brother and sister, and so there's kind of some lineage there uh, on, on her side of the fence. Definitely, I am not the one to blame for uh, this. So good for you. She, <laughs> can't, she can't be mad at you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know if she can't be, but uh, at least I, I don't think I'm responsible for this. But that's exactly. uh, another loaded <laughs> answer. We don't need to go there with that. Yeah, so we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Uh, man, that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, so, uh, I think we're kind of, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, but you know, something that we have always asked our, our guests here at the end is, is where do you see the show stock industry in five years? And maybe as a, a dad with four under four, you probably have a little different perspective than you did a couple of years ago. So, um, where, where do you see this thing going? Well, I see rabbits really picking up a lot because uh, they seem to be a lot cheaper. So I think I could do four <laughs> of those, very no problem at all. Uh, but outside of the the rabbit arena, um, I, I think that I see it going back to its roots a little bit. Um, and what I mean by that is is that it it does concern me a little bit when it comes to you know we started talking today about marketing. And how that's evolved, and everyone and their brother has a pasture, you know, has a has an online sale. It seems like these days, and I, and I know you guys, you know, kind of are in the hog industry, and and that that's led the cattle industry, you know, when it comes to the online marketing side of things or, or sales side of things, I should say. And so as I see that, I see sometimes from a sales perspective, I see more and more people trying to maybe sell ones that aren't maybe good enough. And so I think that you're going to start to see that weed out some when it comes to a show side of things. And, you know, what is one of my concerns is obviously, you know, if they if my family does decide to show livestock, you know, I want to try to be able to do that at a, at a high level. And can we even afford to do it? Right. And I think that what you've seen really in Iowa, a good friend of mine, Sean Isaacson, he actually does some work for me uh, for Champion Showstock, which is a little supplement company that, that we have. And, um, you know, he, he sold a steer that, that went on to win their entire district, uh, you know, show series. Right. And um, it seems like that deal is just as hot, 
you know, if not hotter than even their state fair at times, right. From what I see on social media and the feedback that right. I get. And, and I know that, uh, we threw out Kiwani earlier, but I know that we did something here in Illinois that was the, the throwdown show. Um, mm-hmm. we, we had a heifer that we raised that, uh, uh, with the Wisniewski family showed that won that show and, uh, they did a great job with her. Uh, but, but that really gained some popularity. I even mentioned Wes Keller earlier and, and he's trying to get an Illinois district series put together yeah. uh, when it comes. And I, I just, so when I say back to our roots, I kind of say it in, in, you know, in, in at both sides of my mouth, one on a sales side that I think that we're going to continue to elevate the, the, the type of livestock that we sell. And the next on the show side, I think that we're going to bring it back a little bit because sadly I see a lot of these County fairs starting to really dwindle. And I think that if we, we want to keep this thing really fruitful and really alive and really, you know, kind of moving in the right direction, we have to make sure that we're serving all areas, not only, you know, our big national shows and our big state fairs that we all want to win, but we have to remember all those little jackpots and we have to remember, you know, even back to those county fair type days, because I think that we've, we've moved from that. And I, I see us coming back to that a little bit. So I hope that answers your guys' question. Love it. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you 100%. So, well, I uh, think that's a very, very good, positive way to end things. Um, Zach, I appreciate you for sharing your your history and your story. I know Henry had to get going there uh, towards the, the middle of our interview here, but uh, I want to thank you both for uh, jumping on and sharing the future with us a little bit with uh, uh, modern livestock and the way it's going to kind of change advertising from from now until forever. So, Hey, thanks for jumping on with this, man. I really appreciate all you've done so far. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Well, guys, you heard it. Uh, what a great episode. Uh, and, and obviously, we loved our our, uh, our topics from a hat there. And we've gotten a ton uh, recently, Trev, that we got to go through. But, uh, you know, one yes, episode- we got to do a better job about uh, sorting yeah. them out. But we'll, we'll get there. One episode at a time. That's, that's the problem, too. Uh, you know, guys, uh, we still love to hear from you, though. So send us all your stuff. Keep following us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, go rate us. That helps us out a little bit uh, in getting on different platforms. And speaking of different platforms, Trevor, where else can we be found now? Oh, if you just ask Alexa, she'll know. Oh, Alexa. Play Stock Talk podcast. Could you imagine? Anyway, so we're on uh, we're on Alexa. Which is that, I guess Alexa runs through uh, Amazon, right? Yeah. No. And we're working on iHeartRadio. We're, we're getting there. Oh, they're oh, boy. they're oh. tough. They're the tough one to get into. So, uh, yep. but yeah, big time, big news. We're getting yep. there. Also, don't forget to subscribe and give us a good positive rating. The more rates we get, the more five stars we get, the more we climb up the ladder. We're trying to break that top 100. We're not there yet. So help us no, out. Not even yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, make sure you go check out stocktalk-podcast.com, order all your merch, uh, and your, uh, top shelf and code blue and, and turn it up and turn it up. Uh, possibly some other things coming onto the website soon, possibly a new website soon. We don't know yet. Lots We're of moving parts. Lots of things going on. Um, also check out patreon.com slash podcast, uh, where you're going to get some uncut stuff from me and Trev. And if you've uh, got your merch, we're starting to put them little cards in there. Just scan that QR code on that uh, thank you card. That'll take you directly where you want to go. Make it easy for you. Yep. Yep. 
All right, guys. Well, thanks a bunch. This has been another edition of Stock Talk.